Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's the Guy Jeans Podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I wanted to thank you guys for listening to the podcast and help making it become successful and helping it grow. When you guys get a chance, uh, make sure to follow the Guy Jeans podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Um, when you follow it, it helps it grow and it's completely appreciated. So thank you very much. I got a cool thing that has just started as well. I started a Patreon page and the Patreon page is uh, patreon.com slash guy jeans podcast. It's patreon.com slash guy jeans podcast. If you put that in your browser. Um, on the Patreon page, you guys can get uh, exclusive audio and professional tips from the guests of the show. I mean, they're exclusive. Um, exclusive audio feed to private Guy Jeans podcasts. Um, exclusive content, behind the scenes content. Um, you guys can request different things on the Patreon page. Um, you get to see the show notes, and I'm going to give you guys a shout out uh, on the podcast as well. So check that out the Patreon slash Guy Jeans podcast and become a patron and uh, help support the podcast. So thank you very much. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Freddie Ramirez. How you doing, Freddie? I'm doing good. What's going on, man? Well, we're here at the Delta Bass Supply doing some fishing this weekend. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Exa- well, we're trying to catch some fish. Got skunked today, but yeah, it is what it is. And so how, you got, it was pretty tough out there it for was, you? It was tough today. Yeah. Missed miss some nice fish, caught a lot of small fish. Nothing, nothing measurable, though. So what, what, is the, uh, what is the Bass Supply? Bass and Fly is a fly fishing only tournament that uh, was it Costa puts on. And yeah. who else? There's uh, yeah. yeah, there's Pacifico. Pacifico, they're, very they're, important. Yeah, thing there. Yeti's here, sponsors. Yeah, a lot of good sponsors here that come out and and support the fly fishing community here. And so, what is the Bass and Fly entail? Is it like a team thing? It's a team team, two man teams, women or men fish out of a boat. You get roughly eight hours to fish, blast offs at six, weigh-ins at between two and two thirty, and your best five fish. Yeah. And uh you're you're out there in the California Delta, which like which what's crazy is I feel like all the water, every bit of the water looks insane. Yeah. And like to me looks like everything's good. So like with my partner, uh, Rob Tamson uh i'm like what about right there and he's like oh that's not good water you know i'm like well all of it looks good to me don't it right? does and you know yeah. to, to, i'll put it this way it, to me it looks like a, a beautiful woman it's all sexy water out there <laughs> it is it's right? all sexy where there might be a big fish there the thing about uh, the the uh, costa bass and fly is that you could catch a bass 
uh, of your life, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, just one cast, you could catch a, a 10 pound, a double digit bass, um, just by one cast, one cast in the right place. Yeah. You just if the fish is there, it's going to take it. So who's all here, man? I mean, there's like all the, all the bass, uh, people come out of the closet, don't they? Yeah, they do. And that's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, who, who wins this thing every year, man? These same guys win it every year, was right? It, uh, John Sherman and I can't, is, uh, what's his buddy's name? Uh, uh, Rutger. Rutger. R- yes. Rutger, it Rutger? Was it Roger Rutger or something Rick. like that? Yeah. Rick. Rick, Rick Rutgers. Rick, Rick, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then who's the other dudes? Uh, Brian Poltz. Brian's yeah. fishing with uh, Ryan Williams this year. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's some good sticks out here. There's yeah. some really good sticks out here this, this year. Well, every year, shit, we come out here and fish. There's some good, good Those fishermen. Those dudes are got like 10 pounds today. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's shit. It, yeah. it, it was tough today. I, I got humbled today here on the Delta. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It's crazy, man. Uh, you know, those who don't know, the Delta is, it's, uh, I guess you could say it's influenced by tides. Yes, right. high tide, low tide. Yes, yeah, fishing so, the right tide. So you got tides coming in, you got tides coming out, and uh, you have to adjust your fishing to those tides because you know some of the areas you want to fish could go pretty shallow. Yes, yeah, some could know. dry up, and so yeah, and then you got to fish the channels. Yeah. yeah. So what did you find out there? Did you? I mean, you've you've been pre-fishing for the last couple yeah, of days. Yeah. Yesterday we did well. Shit, we saw we killed them yesterday, and then today. Missed nice fish, caught a lot of little ones. And that's why I said this place can humble you really quick. And it did. You know, all the people out there that uh, are listening to the podcast, if you guys uh, like to fly fish for bass, you got to come up and check out the Costa Bass and Fly and uh, and fish this tournament. You know, if you do great, awesome. If you don't, it's 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 not a, that big of a deal. It's just all about being with uh, friends and and meeting new people and having a good time when you say it is yeah yeah and it's nice to see everybody every year you know this is pretty much a lot of time where we just get to see a lot of old friends that we made in sit here and and enjoy yourself for the whole week so let's go back man how how did you and i meet it's it's funny you know my my dad and my mom dad lived we grew up in bakersfield and uh fished a colonel a lot when i was in high school moved to fresno to go to school and then my dad called me one day he goes hey there's a guy from Ventura that's opening a fly shop. I said, oh, shit. I, I got to go up and check this place out. That year, I didn't get to go up. And I uh, next year, I saw his name at the uh, Visalia Outdoor Show. So, when, wait a second. So, this this article, was that in, like, the Fresno? No, it was in the Bakersfield, California. Oh, okay. Bakersfield, California. They, okay, put, they yeah. put an article about y- you in there. And my dad sent it to me. Okay. I said, okay, I got to get to know this guy here. Uh-huh. And it's funny, this guy here. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so so you heard my name and, and whatnot, and then I came up to Clovis? And... No, Visalia. The Visalia. Oh, Visalia. Yeah, okay. the Visalia used to have an outdoor show. And, uh, oh, that's right. You were, he was doing a casting presentation. And I said, hey, what are you doing for lunch? He goes, ah, oh, nothing. So you and I went and had lunch, shot the shit for a little while, and then I said, well, shit, next time I got to come up. We got to, you know, go up and see the shop. I did. I said, Okay. And then we just started talking about his club. They just started the Southern Sierra Fly Fishers. I said, well, hell, we can get our club together because you were getting ready to do the Team USA tournament. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, we can do the same format. I said, you get your club, our club, you get your five fishermen. I got my five fishermen. Shit, and, th- and two of them are here today fishing the Delta Bass Fly. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, we just went up and yeah, I think we beat you the first year and you guys beat us the rest of the other years. But yeah, it, it, it's it's all good fun, though. That's mm-hmm. what I love about fly fishing. So then uh, there was the Team USA trials in on the Kings in Fresno, right? Yes. And, yeah. you, and you guys, the Fresno. Fresno Fly Fishermen. Yeah, we kind of uh, yes, sponsored, the- you know, Jack Dennis came down, sponsored, you know, kind of showed us what he wanted. There was a few people that we got together, went up, looked at the river and Jack said, this is perfect, you know, for the trials to, to come on. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, he goes, uh, do you think you guys can do it? And we're just like, hell yeah, we can do it. Yeah. So it was just trying to get our our team together to put the trials on. We did it two years in a row. We did the Upper Kings and Huntington Lake the first year. Second year, we did uh, the Upper Kings, and then we did Hume Lake. Right. Yeah. Right. And then that's the time when you were up there fishing Hume yeah. Lake. Yeah. Well, I did. I did both. Yeah, you did both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, I loved it, man. I don't, I don't even know if I had fished the Upper Kings, um, before that. Yeah, I don't think you, know you have. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're picking my brain and kind of yeah. told you know what, what's all about. Yeah. It's very similar to the to the Kern. You yeah, know, a lot of the same bugs, same, and stuff, same type know? of water, just a little bigger than the Kern, and that's what's nice. Yeah. If if you guys have never seen the the Kings River, it's a beautiful river, freestone stream, just like the the uh, Kern and it's a, it's a beautiful place to go and, and fly fish. You know? It is. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in some of those sections there, it's like, is it still special regs? It's still special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from, I think it's from what Bailey's bridge up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Garnet Dyke. That's right. Garnet Dyke up is special regs. Yeah. Okay. So from there up, it's what, what are the regs? Is it like catch and release or. I think it is. is yeah. It is catch and release, isn't it? Yeah, from Garnet Dyke up, and I, but I think from Bailey Bridge, I think you're allowed to keep two. Okay, so it's, it's very similar to the upper, yeah, upper same, Kern exactly. kind of a thing. So in the in the Kings River, there is there a native uh, fish in there, or how, how does that? A, is there a Kings River rainbow or anything like that, you guys? No, I don't. I don't think I there think is. There's a, 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 a squawfish. There's a squawfish. Yeah, just oh, okay. Yeah, just a squaw. Yeah, the so, sac, Sacramento. Squawfish or whatever okay, squawfish Sac- it is. Sacramento yeah. pike minnow. It's, there you go, Sacramento pike minnow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the uh, the trials of the of the USA <laughs> Open. So um, you guys put that on, and how long did that take you guys to do all those beats and everything? So let me let me explain this. So for those that don't know that are um, if, that don't know about competitive fly fishing, um, you when you go into a competition, you get a beat and you want to explain explain yeah, that so I, I think the beats can just kind of vary on on the length of water how how much fishing water you have so phil and i we didn't went up there one day with uh, our spikes and orange tape mm-hmm. and kind of marked out the beats i think we had uh 12 uh, i think yeah i think it was 12 or 15 beats we had on the river and we did mm-hmm. it on both sides and then every co- competitor has two hours to fish the water and then you know you take you however many fish you catch they catch they measure in centimeters so mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how it was now the competition runs and then after you do that take a break then they redraw and then everybody else gets to fish not the same water but just different beats up on on the on the river and it's the same thing with the lake fishing too you know you have a certain area where you know you're marked to fish and that was at uh huntington lake and then on the next year, we did the lock style fishing where you fish from a boat where 
front competitor has the choice of rowing the boat or controlling the boat, and then they swip, uh, flip-flop, and then the other competitor has the choice to, uh, to choose where he wants to fish. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So what's your favorite memory from that whole that I, whole thing? Do you have like some good memories? I, I think my favorite memory is, is that I met a lot of new, great people that love to fly fish, you know, yep. and, and they took it serious. You know, a good, good person was George Daniels. Yeah. You know, he was, he waited across the river. I watched him wait across his waders filled up with water and George is like six, four, six, three. Mm-hmm. Hell, I'm only five, eight. And he was freezing cold when he got off. He goes, I didn't bring any dry clothes. I said, well, I got an extra change. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I'm a double X and he, I think he was a medium uh-huh. and it was funny seeing him in my sweatshirt <laughs> and in my sweatpants, you know, they're all baggy, but you know, the, yeah, yeah that, that was, that was neat. Yeah. Met some really neat people. I think one of the, the things that I came away with was I met all of you guys, you know, from Fresno for one. Right. Um, but I've also, I also learned a lot from the, uh, us, the team USA competitions. Um, not, not only meeting all those guys, but like some of the best you know, fly fishers in the country, yes. you know, were there and, uh, learning, learning with them, um, uh, talking with them, all that kind of stuff. And you guys too. Yeah. Right? I, you know? I think my favorite memory out of the whole thing is that I got to meet Vlade. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And, uh, he does a lot of the woven nymphs. He's a good friend mm-hmm. with, uh, Jeff Courier mm-hmm. and Jeff and Jack, you know, and Vlade took me up to his room one day and he showed me how to weave. How to yeah. weave? How to weave his Polish Polish nymphs? Right, and that was cool. You know, getting to learn that from the master. So, so that, that was really neat. So, who for those that don't know, who is Vladi? You know, hell, I I don't know much about Vladi, but you know, the person to ask would be uh, Jeff well, Curter. I yeah. think I I think I know that he was like, wasn't he like the world champion? Uh, for like the Polish team. For the Polish, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he was. For, that's right. For many years or something like that. Right. And I think he was the one that, that innovated the uh, the Polish nymphing and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was neat. Yeah. Yeah, I got to take a, um, they had a clinic and a class. Okay. Um, during that time period. And, uh, and there was a whole bunch of us that took a class with him and learned his style of uh, nymphing, which was really cool, man. Yeah. No, yeah. and, and that, that's what's, you know, that's what I love about fly fishing. You are constantly learning something new. You know, I don't think anybody can ever say they're a master of fly fishing. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to learn some new technique from someone, you know, someone doesn't know everything and that's what's neat about this sport. So where'd you grow up, Fred? You know, and, I, and how'd you get into fly fishing? I grew up in, uh, in Bakersfield, you know. Oh, you did? Born in Bakersfield. Yeah. Uh. My dad worked for the Southern Pacific Railroad, and then in the early 70s, we, my grandfather bought a ranch between Crothers and Riverdale, and we moved out there. And as I got older, like all kids, I hated to read. Uh-huh. I hated reading. So one thing that my grandfather would do, he would uh, read the Fresno Bee, read the back page, and I'd come home from school, you know, fourth grade, read it read up the, the, you know, the, your comprehension. And that's how he tested me on that. And then I started reading more books about Joe Brooks, mm-hmm. Lee Wolf, you know, Dave Whitlock, all of the old, you know, wait, Steve, wait, so Steve, hold on there. So wait a second, who gave you those books? I mean, how'd you get into, oh, like, how did, how did that go down? I went, went to the library. My grandfather was in uh, stationed in Europe during world war two and a British officer taught him how to cast. 
and didn't know anything about fly fishing, but it was it was therapy for him. So as I was growing up, I would see him out casting. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? You know, early in the morning and watching him do it. And he goes, when are you going to teach me? He goes, well, when your reading gets better, mm-hmm. then I'll teach you. So that's when I started, okay, what is this fly fishing? So I started going to the library, learning about, you know, what it's all about and things like that. And that's what got my, my peak, my interest in fly fishing. And that's insane shit. I was, what, 12 years old when I started doing it. And, and then you guys started getting books and... Getting books, reading where these guys traveled. And I'm like, shit, wouldn't that be a hell of a job, you know, being able to travel and fish? Mm-hmm. You know, at 12 years old, you know, you're just thinking, shit, what can I do with it? So that's just started, you know... Excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, yeah that's what just got my peak, my interest in fly fishing. So as I got older, we'd go to the creeks up in the Sierras in... Fish crickets. I'd put crickets on, on the fly rod and try to cast them out. I couldn't get them out. And then uh-huh. I'd have to go to the sporting goods store and buy the little black crickets. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's what got me going on catching the little the little brook trout in the Sierras and the little rainbows. Yeah. So who took you fishing? My dad did. My dad. We did a lot of camping. We did a lot of camping when we were kids growing up. Was, you know? he, was he fly fishing too? Or? No, dad never fly fished. He just regular bait fished with salmon eggs. But, you know, I'd take my old grandfather's rod out there and just start playing in the creeks with it you know hell i didn't know what i was doing but you know caught fish so your your grandfather gave you your first fly yeah rod. he gave, gave well, his, his old fly rod yeah okay. his old fly rod yeah i still have it though too that's what's you know that's just an heirloom that i'll pass on to my grandson when he gets older though that's cool yeah. man and then so you went up and you started doing that and then did you start start figuring it out just started or? figuring out started reading more books got my interest going more into fly fishing learning how to cast kind of a self-taught person you know and then as we started fishing more my dad and i started doing our annual father and son trip we started going to crowley in the i think it would be the early 80s and then i saw this one guy walking from uh convict lake with the float tube and he had these huge rainbows with him. So I went as a kid, okay, hey, how'd you catch these? Told me fly fishing. And he lived in Bakersfield. Can't remember the gentleman's name, but he goes, come by the house and I'll show you what it's all about. And that's what kind of got my juices going more and more about that. And then I found out about the Upper Kern while I was in high school. Uh, it was neat because when we moved from Carruthers to Bakersfield High, I had enough credits to graduate. All I needed was one more class. And it was a U.S. civics class. So, hell, I was out of school by 11 o'clock. You know, and then I call my mom and say, Hey, Mom, I'm heading up to Kernville. And I'd go fish the, up, the Johnsondale area. From there up, walk up there, fish, spend the night. And I'd tell my mom, this is where I'm going to be. Anything happens, I'll call you on my way going home. And, yeah, that's, that's how the whole thing started wow. with fly fishing, you know, for me. So, how did you get into fly tying? Fly tying, shit. How'd that, that go down? That is another, that's another fucking uh, <laughs> rabbit hole you don't want to go down. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just started, same thing, reading books. I'm like, shit, I don't want to spend the money in buying flies, you uh-huh. know? And then I started saving money and start buying shit. And, you know, I got, I I have a lot of fly tying material now. Oh, but, you know, I but, know. Yeah. And, you know, and I, it, it's just, it's just something that I, that it makes your creativity come out when you're out fishing, you know, for bass or trout or whatever, you know. We have our basic insects, but trying to do something different that will, you know, catch more fish. And that's what it's all about right now. So how did you get into fly fishing for bass? 
Hmm. Shoot. I think it was at Hart Park when I bought my first float. Uh, really? When I bought my first float tube. Uh-huh. Yeah. On a Saturday, bought a pair of fins and what I think it was the red ball waders, the old uh-huh. plastic waders and a pair of uh, swimming fins. Put them on, head up to Hart Park with little poppers and started catching sunfish. And uh, I think that was, I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, like I said, shit, that's where most of my money went was in fly fishing. So yeah. what is your, what is your favorite species to catch on a fly? I think now I think it's bass. I yeah. think it's bass. And then I think it'll come to stripers. And yeah. then I, then I think trout is that, is at the ass end of, you know, catching fish right now. You know, after I got hurt in a car accident, you know, I was fortunate if I was able to buy a boat where, mm-hmm. you know, like shit, I'm on the water, you know, yeah. and that's what makes it nice. I like fishing Crowley for trout. Yeah. You know, but that's another, that's another story in itself, learning how to midge and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they, they get into fly fishing, they, most, most people in our area start out with trout. Yeah. And then they started venturing into other species and and whatnot. So what do you think it is that, you know, I, I, you know, for me as a, as a guide, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask my clients you know they want to go trout fishing but i'll try to sell them on uh going down to the lower current or lake isabella to fish for fish for bass so what is it do you think that what what, why do people want to focus more on trout than bass do you think i i think it's just growing up everybody thinks fly fishing is associated with trout fishing yeah you know and as as we started evolving in fly fishing with the newer rods newer lines Mm-hmm. different techniques and things like that it's opened up just pandora's box for you know different fishing you know hell yeah. you can catch tuna you can yeah. catch you know sharks sharks yeah yeah yeah, yeah there, anything that swims you can catch with the fly rod and that's yeah. what i that's what i think what's neat about it though it really makes you think outside the box in trying to catch a different species you know hell you like to fish for carp yeah. How many people get stick their nose up at us when we say, "Yeah, hey, we're going carp fishing." What the hell are you going to fish for carp? I know. Exactly. Those stinky fish. I'll yeah. shoot them with the bow. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, you know, that's that's what's neat about fly fishing. You know, you we're trying to catch something that with their brain was maybe the size of a pea. Yeah. And then they outsmart us. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. They do. Like yeah. today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We got our ass handed to us today. You know what uh what's so cool about uh bass is that we have so many areas in just in California. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have a lot of trout streams, but uh, you know, I think most people within would you say like within like you know fifty miles, there's a lake of some somewhere some, some sort of body water that that they can that, go fish that right hold, that holds the bass species in it. You yeah. know, shit, you can catch bass, bluegill, yeah. crappie, you know, catfish, carp. You know, and it's in yeah. our it's in our lakes. You know, and I got to tell you, man, I mean, you know, I'm a, of course, a, a trout uh, fly fishing guide and been doing that for a long time. And uh, I guide for a bass as well. And I, I love catching bass. I love guiding for bass. Yes. And yeah. I love, you know, trout's awesome. But when people want to go fly fishing for trout, um, I'm like, cool, you know, but when they want to go fly fishing for bass, I'm like, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, let's go. Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, what a trip, huh? No, it is. It really is. Yeah. And that's what's neat about, you know, about, like I said, fly fishing for bass. Yeah. You know, just if you ever fish top water. Yeah, exactly. Top, top water. It's, it's amazing when you see an, 
a, an animal. It's what pretty much what it is. I call yeah. bass the hoodlums of the fishing world. You know, hell, they'll eat birds, ducks, they'll eat yeah. snakes, yeah, whatever. That, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people they'll eat yeah, trout. They, exactly, they'll eat trout. Yeah, the big, the bigger bass eat trout. You know, that's why I call them the hoodlums. You know, they're yeah. they're like the gangsters. They're going to go yeah. out and they're going to they're going to mug you. Yeah. And when they take a topwater, you know, frog pattern or a popper, it's yeah. like you know they're aggressive on it though, mm -hmm. and that's what's neat watching that aggressive take. It's like, wow, did yeah. I just miss that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It happens that fast. Yeah. So, so let me give a little little visual for our listeners out there. So today I was with my partner. We're out on the Delta and, uh, you know, the sun's coming up and uh, we're out there and there's no wind or anything and we're throwing topwater frogs. Yes. Right. And uh, we're throwing around an old dock, you know, that's like semi underwater. That's like old rotted dock, you know, with an old boat that's like sunk. <laughs> You know, it's just bitching, right? I, I know exactly where you're fishing yeah. today. We fished that during Sims Day. Yeah. yeah. And so um, there's, you know, this whole, like, I mean, it's just like a bass. It looks like a movie set, you know, like the 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 little restaurant or bar is like halfway underwater. And, um, you know, there's like plants growing over the building and it's just bitching looking, it right? Is, the really sun's coming up. And we pull in there, there's no one around. It's just bitching in there. It's just all quiet and everything, you know, birds off of the distance, you know, and we're just like, we pull in there with our trolling motor and there's just nothing going on. And we start throwing these topwater frogs in there. It's just glass. And we're just like throwing, you know, and then pulling our fly line and pulling these frogs in the water to make them look like they're alive. And we're pulling all of a sudden, fish come up ba bam and hit that thing and just explode on it i mean it I, quite frankly i don't think it gets much better than that no it doesn't know that I mean? that stuff gets your I don't juices think life is no, it does it gets your juices going when you see the top water take yeah right yeah it's, it's just amazing man yeah and that that's that, that's what i said that's what's neat about fly fishing for bass you know just that yeah. aggressive take and visualize seasoning like what guy just said right now just seeing it take it's like okay this is cool yeah yeah you know, the other cool, it kind of sucked, but it kind of ruined our water. But we saw like six otters yeah. came through, you know, and just terrorized our water, you know, and just ruined well, it. You know and what? then a seal. And then yeah, a seal yeah, came in. Well, I guess we're out of here. Yeah, exactly. You so know? so tomorrow I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. We blast off before you. That's where I'm going to fish tomorrow. Oh, the, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to the ghetto bar tomorrow to go catch some fish. I'm going to I'm going to we'll snake, snake, we'll snake, snake his spot is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty amazing area, man, for sure. That's a sweet little spot. But yeah. But you know, um, the other thing too is with bass is like you know not only the top water area, you know, like throwing it on the top water, but also you know you throw flies that look like fish underneath the water. And um, and then you pull those through the water, and the fish eat those. The too, subsurface, you know? yeah, that's what's neat though too, because you know we're trying to imitate something that they eat. You know, yeah. a shad, baby bluegill, you know, or sunfish or some sort. You know, yeah. yeah. And take and once you get a bass on that strip, it's it, it's 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 a fight. It's a tug. Yeah. Because they're going to go back from where they were. They want to get back home. Yeah, that's what's neat about it. And then one of the things that uh, I admire about you, Freddie, is that you're a pretty uh, good innovator of bass flies and trout flies, but some of the flies that I've seen you come up with are pretty awesome, man. And yeah. how, do you, how do you come up with those? You know, 
I, I try to think outside the box. You know, most fly tires, you know, they're within a box when they think. And I'm like, okay, well, hell, if the conventional guys can catch fish on this color fly, how can I, or this color bait, how can I get my fly to look like that bait and swim like that bait? Right. You know, that's like one right now that I've been playing with is, uh, is like the A-Rig. You know, it, it looks what's like... A, what's an A-Rig? It's like, it's like a multi-school of fish where it's light enough for us to cast. And then I've been trying to figure out how to, how to do a spinner bait for fly fishing. You know, we're, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, we're just, I'm just trying to up our game, you know, with the conventional guys. But I, cause I think in a couple of years, I think we can hold our own in the flight in a, in a, in a regular conventional tournament with the fly rod, because yeah. with the new lines we have out, you know, the way that their fly lines sink, the, uh, the new leaders that are out, the intermediate leaders, you know, the poly leaders that it'll sink slow, like the way a swim bait sinks slow, and then we can imitate it with our flies. So yeah, that's I, I I think yeah I think within the next couple of years we'll be you know you'll hear a guy winning a major tournament with the fly rod I hope so. Well, I mean, hasn't somebody like didn't yeah, like that one dude? Uh, Ryan Williams did. Yeah, they yeah. were fishing. I don't I don't know what tournament it was, but they were up north, and uh, he and his partner they they won the tournament. Yeah, fishing, and, it, and they were the only fly guys. Well, I think one was a fly guy, and I think his his partner was conventional, so they did oh. half and half on that. But you know, but I think Ryan caught some really nice fish though. So, yeah, oh, wow. with the fly rod in the tournament. That's awesome, man. Isn't that crazy? No, oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. So um, you and I are going to, we're talking about doing some tournament exactly. fishing. Yeah? We're, we're, we're talking about getting our feet wet with the... We're uh, coming for you, Lake Isabella boys. Exactly. With the conventional guys. Yeah, we want to come up and see if we can hold our own against you guys. Yeah. But I, I, I really do think we can. You know, the way guy fishes subsurface yeah. and the way I, I can fish top water and subsurface too I, I think a guy can fish. i think we'll, we'll, we'll do pretty good is that the um is it, that the aba I, I think it is the aba tournament yeah. that they put on yeah because i think they fish it like, is i think it's five different lakes that they fish yeah yeah with that tournament yeah okay yeah we're on it man yeah we're, I, oh yeah tear we, that up we right. got yeah we got to give them run for their money yeah yeah show them what, what a little mexican a little white guy can do you know that <laughs> right that's awesome man yeah so right. what's what's in the plans for you, man, in the future? Wait, let, you know what? Um, tell everybody about like you were guiding there for a little bit. Yeah, I was guiding, I about that. guiding there for a little bit, and uh -huh. I and I took a fall, and that kind of kind of slowed my guiding business down with my partner Phil, and then uh, Phil got That's sick. Phil Davis. Yeah, Phil Davis. He he got uh, breast cancer, and that kind of that that kind of put a kink in in our uh, in our ship. But yeah, yeah, you know, like I believe things happen for a reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's opened the door for me on a lot of different things that I do. You know, I like doing a lot of volunteering to, uh, to get fly yeah. fishing out. You know, yeah. I help a lot with uh, Cast for Recovery. Yeah. And I did uh, Project Healing Waters for 12 years. That's a program that helps uh, teach disabled veterans how to fly fish. Yeah. And how and is that? It's, it's, it's a neat program. The guys yeah. get a lot out of it. I love I loved doing it, though. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, it was, it's fun. It's a fun program. And then uh, Guy and I, we've been talking about, was it called a Cast for Hope? Yeah. That's something Cast that... Cast Hope? Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people, you know, I think one of the things about, like, with you especially is, you know, when, when people give and uh, help other people and they do it out of love and out of, um, you know, just... Uh, yeah, you know friendship exactly and, yeah and um you know just to try to help people out you know that that's a great feeling 
and you do a lot of that, dude. I do, I do. Yeah. That you know, one thing, my you know, it's so funny that got me into Project Healing Waters. My grandfather, you know, always told me he goes, "If you have a chance to give back to the veterans, this is what I want you to do for me." And then yeah. one day, I saw Tom broke off on the news talking about Project Healing Waters, and I hear my grandfather after he passed away, tapping me on my shoulder. He goes, "That's what I want you to do." Oh, really? So, you know, it, it's just me, him passing it on to me and me passing it on to the other veterans around here that, you know, yeah. hell, with a lot of stuff that they do, you know, this we get to do this. And that's what makes it nice, you know, mm -hmm. our fly fishing. Yeah. You're a pretty handy dude. I've seen some of the, like, little woodworking things that you do. Man, I saw you last night give away a duck collar to some dude. Um, to Maury Hatch, actually. Yeah, yeah. And um, you do a lot of giving, man. I do. You know, you know, I, I, I've, awesome. always, you know I've always right? believed if, if you have, you know, if you have something to give, give it. Because I don't, re I don't expect anything from anybody. Yeah. You know, it, it gives me self-satisfaction giving, giving other people the joy of what I, what I love to do. Yes. One of the things that uh, Freddie does for the Southern Sierra Fly Fishers along with uh, the Fresno boys um, who I'm going to have on the podcast uh, one of these days as well, is uh, they come up and they cook um, for the rendezvous, the carp throwdown. They cook for <laughs> the, the Women's Cal Day. Cal yeah, the Women's Day, the California <laughs> yeah. Fly Fishing Open. Yeah, yeah, California Fly Fishing Open. And these guys uh, come up and they cook, and um, they're, they're old whitewater guides that know how to throw down some serious barbecue <laughs> and and, I, yeah. and some of the guys they hang around with they love yeah. their they love to drink yeah and we have fun though it's yeah. all good fun it's all yeah. good fun yeah that's good stuff man you know the, the the stuff that you do for a lot of people man is very appreciated oh i know yeah and you like know. i said you know i i do it because i love giving to people i love yeah. to see the joy in people's face you know when you give them something or you do something for them and they they appreciate it you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I really appreciate it. I, I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't know that, you know, that you guys didn't enjoy it, though. That's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. yeah. So what's in the future for you, man? What, what's going to happen with you and your wife, Ann? Uh, I think travel. Where are you guys going? Travel. I know my wife, you know, is getting through some major health issues right now, but uh, she just retired and love you, Ann. And uh, yeah, we want to do some traveling. We bought a little fifth wheel. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to see the country. We, you know, we have most of the, we heard her goal was to do all the national parks. So yeah. we pretty much have from Colorado to Hawaii done. We haven't done Alaska yet, but we got all the national parks done. So next couple of years, we're going to start traveling east and start doing all the national parks here. So you've done all the Western ones? All the Western ones. Yeah. I think my favorite one so far is uh, Mesa Verde. Really? Yeah. Mesa Verde. Yeah. yeah. That's Seen, a pretty cool one. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty cool one though too. Yeah. So my parents were teachers, you know. And so we, you know, it was crazy, man. Like my dad and mom, the day school got out, we'd hop in a VW bus and we would travel across the United States and then into Canada for like nine weeks. Oh, yeah, that's Every cool. summer, every yeah. freaking summer. <laughs> and, um, you know, and so we were gone for nine weeks. So I had the, the experience. My dad was really into like, seeing all these things you know yeah mesa verde and you know arches national park and yellowstone and all these different tetons and all these different places so as a little kid 
I got to I sat in a little VW bus, you know, 1971 VW bus, you know, for thousands of miles exactly. for nine weeks. Yeah. And so no, that's what's parks, cool, right? you know. I, yeah, it's pretty I, crazy. Yeah, it is. And what's neat about it, I work for a gentleman who was disabled and he loved to travel. He loved to travel and loved to fish. So that was neat that I got to take him to a lot of national parks and see the different things. And uh, I was able to fish a lot yeah. with him. And that made it nice because I so far I've been to 42 of our states and i think I, and i think i put a line in all of those states right now nice. so that's what's neat they catch and they catch a lot of fish in those states but uh -huh. i can say i wetted a line in in 42 of our states and throughout some of canada though too yeah if, if you could go and fish one last time where would you go i think my favorite place to go is argentina yeah. That'd be your last. Well, you've already been there. No, no. Yeah, shit. I'd go there again. Okay. Yeah. So I, you'd want to go there I again? Would, I would go there again because I would want to go to fish for the Golden Dorado. Okay. Yeah. Right on. It's up. It's, it's that's when you haven't gotten. That's one I haven't gotten yet. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. But shit, there's so many places just here in the United States. You know, you, I, right? I, I'd go fish though again. Yeah. Like where? Shit, go fish for smallmouth. Like you and I were talking about it. Yeah. The, the Boundary Waters. Oh, yeah. You know, that would be a neat place to go. Yep. you know the Kamloops you know up in British Columbia yep, that's yep. a really neat place to fish though too and mm -hmm. you know and going to the east coast uh, and Martha Vineyard fishing for the blues and the, and the stripers right yeah you know that's always said that shit we have so much water here in the United States to go Insane. fish yeah yeah it's unbelievable how much water we have to fish in so many places to go yeah just here in the United States it's unbelievable I know my got it my sister-in-law is in Cheyenne Wyoming and uh, she wants to do the cut slam and that's where you catch the five species of cutthroat in the Wyoming area. So that's something that we're going to try to do in hopefully September, late September, right around that area, though. So, yeah, yeah. like I said, shit, there's just so many, so much water to fish here. Why would you want to go, you know, out of the United States to, to go fishing? So why was Mesa Verde your favorite? I think it's just the way that the, the way that the cliff dwellers built their homes Crazy. On, on the side of a mountain. Right. When you see that, you're like. How in the hell did you hike did they... all down in those? Exactly, things? exactly. Did you hike down in no, there? No, 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 oh, no, no. We just we I stayed at the top and looked up. I'm okay. like, how in the hell did they build those things? You know, yeah, how yeah. did they dig them out of a side of a mountain? Right. Yeah, that's what's cool about that though too. Right. And then you know, and I think my other good one is Carlsbad Caverns. Yeah. You know, that's that's a really neat place. But shit, you know, like I said, all each national park I think to me has its own unique, you know, mystery on on why they became a national park. How lucky are we to have those, right? Oh, exactly. Well, that's what's nice in Fresno. We have uh, Yosemite. We have Yosemite, Sequoia, and Kings Canyon. That's insane. Within an hour and a half of Fresno. Yeah. 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 And in and all of those three parks, we have some great water to fish. You know, and that's what's that's what's nice. Where I think we're spoiled here in the Central Valley. Yeah. You know, we have I think there's five lakes within an hour and a half of us where we go fish for bass. Yeah. You know, if we want to go fish like what you do at, at, the, at the coast, mm -hmm. you know, we're two Not hours away. Right. Yeah, two hours away, you know. So, that's, yeah. That's crazy that's that close, huh? That is that close, yeah. Yeah. That's what's, that, that's what's neat about it, though. What's your favorite area to fish in, in the Fresno area? What's your favorite, like, I think, I think fishery? It's, I think it's Kings Canyon Sequoia National Park. Yeah. I, I think that's my favorite place because we have so much, there's so much water to fish where... You're not going to be on top of some other one. You know, you're going to catch small fish, but you're going to catch a lot of fish. So is that where you like, you go past Hume Lake and then you go into that in, in, thing and in, drive in, down that canyon? Down, drive down the canyon, yeah. yeah. And how, is that pretty way back in there? Uh, uh, yeah, it is. Like an it's, hour it, or something? 
it's, or it's more it, it's about an hour an hour and 20 minutes from hume lake down to in the into the canyon yeah i think phil yeah my partner phil's here i think it's the deepest canyon it was in north america isn't it yeah it's deeper than the grand canyon whoa and it's pretty neat when you're down at the river and you look all the way to the top of the mountain you just say how in the hell is that deeper than the grand canyon yeah that's that's what's neat about that area though and and that area in there it's got uh it's got wild fish all through there right yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have uh, brown trout, rainbows, and we have goldens in there, though, too. In yeah. the Kings, up in that? Well, no, not or, in the Kings, oh. but but in, in the park, in the park area. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we have a little area that Phil and I like to go fish where, hell, we can walk in 20 minutes. Yeah. And we're catching goldens, pure purebred golden trout. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It is, it is, yeah. You know what I mean? That uh, you guys have that. What about, uh, don't, you guys have, so you have the Kings, and then you have, is it the, what's next up? Like, is it, well, you know, you, then you have the Kauia just below you guys, Kauia, right? Yeah. Then we have the Marble Fork. The Marble Fork. Yeah. And, and, then, what else? and then you have all the other creeks that are, you know, the, it's little, insane. the little creeks that feed into there. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about your guys' areas. There's really not um, a lot of people that go and fish that. There's zone, not a know? lot of pressure. Because one is like spread out and it's hard to get it's, to. Yeah. And which is awesome for, you yeah, know, if you exactly. want to get some solitude and stuff. Yeah, right? it is um and then you guys so you guys have the kings and then you have all the creeks and the lakes all in that area around fresno and the national parks yeah yosemite sequoia and kings and then up from there you have another river right uh, is that the merced the merced the merced, merced and the san joaquin's well, coming up? The san joaquin the merced and then we have the tuolumne though too yeah it's, it's unbelievable yeah and that's what's neat about it and then we drive an hour and a half east of us from fresno hell we can go fish for stripers yeah yeah right and then that that's what yeah so i i was doing a presentation i think I, I told you this story but i was doing a presentation for the fresno fly fishers and um so i i drive up and uh i'm like i'm gonna go fish the the, the lower the lower kings, lower kings you yeah. know the wild trout section there and it was like a the wrong time of the year or whatever but i i didn't know and so i i pull in there and some dude Goes, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm gonna go fishing, you know. And he's, oh, well, the fishing's not all that great right now. It was some dude that had uh, knows all about caddis or something. Do you guys know who uh, that guy Rich, is? Richard Gill. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he's all, hey. Um, uh, I go, oh, okay. Well, um, the trout fishing's not very good. I go, is there any bass fishing? He's, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take you and show you where some bass are. And so he took me down and like. I, oh, and then I said, I'm like a speaker for the Fresno. Oh, he's all, oh, I'm coming to that, you know, meeting tonight or whatever. And he took me down to a section of the, of the lower Kings and I went bass fishing and I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. I was just like, this is insane. And they were big bass, there's right? Some, there's some huge It was bass awesome. There. So then, <laughs> so then, um, that, you know, that night, the meeting, I think I've told you this and I'm like the person at the Fresno fly fishers was like, all right, anybody been doing any fishing? You know, and I don't know, one dude said, I went there or whatever. And then, and it was just like crickets, you know, and then I raised my hand and, and I'm like, I went fishing and they're all, you did? And I'm like, yeah, I was, I fished the lower Kings for bass today and just tore it up, man. It was awesome. And then all of them were just like, what? What? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, and I was just blown away. No, no. I, I mean, I, you guys got that whole fishery down there. Yeah, we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, unbelievable. And those are I I were they were they uh, large mouth? They're the large yeah, mouth, large yeah. mouth bass. The large mouth. There's yeah. no smallmouth in there, or is there? I haven't seen. I think the only smallmouth there on the Upper Kings. 
on the upper kings yeah there's some small mouth oh in there. It, at a pine flat at a pine oh, that's flat. the other yeah. fishery you guys exactly. have too oh yeah. my god so you have the upper kings coming into pine flat which is pine flats an amazing fishery but like those fish will run up the, yeah, up, up, up uh, the river at high water and and they'll swim and then they'll yeah, yeah. and they'll be in that zone up they'll there be in right that zone. yep yep that's kind of very similar to the lake kachuma and, and the, where the San Ynez comes into Lake Kachuma in Santa Barbara, same exact thing kind of right? goes on, yeah. Um, and then you guys have uh, Pine Flat, and then um, that releases um, the Lower Kings. And then what's something that's really cool that has happened with the Lower Kings that a lot of people don't know about is, well, you want to talk about that? You know, as far as the the um, the section down there with the with the boulders yeah, and the how catch, you guys did all that yeah, stuff. It's pretty catch, cool, man. Catch, catch and release section that uh, yeah. the, the fly club, Fresno Fly Fish Conservation kind of, you know, steward that on. Uh, it's pretty much from all to weir all the way down to 180 special rags. How long of uh, area is that? What, about 12 miles? I, I think it's, yeah. a, it, it's about 12 miles of water that, you know, that's fishable water with, awesome. with, with special rags. Yeah. But, you know, the way California is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's another, that's another. You oh, know. so I got a story. I got a story for that. <laughs> but anyways, to let people know that uh, what's really amazing is the section below Pine Flat uh, Lake in the Fresno area is the, the fly fishers there, the Fresno fly fishers. They put in, they came in with tractors, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. and they put in all these boulders and created all these like the structure for the for po- trout a lot of pocket water a lot of pocket water and stuff because it, before that it was just raging through there right it was just a canal before yeah. that yeah and so they they cr- actually created habitat for for trout down there and then they also created um like boxes for to raise yeah, trout in there yeah, or something? vibrant boxes that we use uh we used to raise our own little uh hatchery fish you know yeah put eggs in the in the river Mm-hmm. And then they would hatch, and then the fish that we hatch would, you know, we'd replenish the river with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're still doing that. They're yeah. still doing that. Yeah. So, um, then the fish and wildlife would put like giant fish. They would stock into this section, um, and these, and it would be an amazing uh, if you could catch one of them. Uh, it would be really fun. Yeah, it you is. Know? And what's really neat about it is um, these fish really come accustomed to eating really tiny flies. Um, in that section and we're and we're talking how small friend small 18 16 18s 20s yeah, yeah the, the blooming olive hatch is amazing in the winter time e- even smaller yeah. right yeah Sometimes. well Hallie, when you and yeah, i were yeah, fishing yeah. There, we, we, we fish <laughs> a fish for an hour yeah that's tr- what, i love that kind of fishing yeah, that's very that's like te- my favorite very technical yeah we yeah. he and i we sat there and we're like how in the hell are we going to catch these yeah. fish we threw everything we had in our box in them and then yeah we didn't even hook one i love it i love that kind of stuff and he's coming around sipping coming yeah. up and sipping and he's you know 20 inches or so and he comes up and sip and like look at our fly and say nope nope don't want that right right next to it you know but i love that kind of stuff that technical stuff you know where just you have to have a little bit of skill to try to catch them and stuff like that so that's kind of a neat thing that has happened in the uh the fresno area is they have that wild trout section so here's my story so (laughs) so it's a it's a catch and release yes section right so this whole section, this whole 12 mile area is supposed to be catch and catch release. release. Yes. So the fish and wildlife, they'll come in there and they will stock this, this area with, you know, g- giant fish huge really. Fish. Yeah. They were planting some huge fish in there. Yeah. And, and they'll stock it with, you know, some other, uh, subcatchables, subcatchables. Yeah. 
And so um, you can go down there and have a good time and release the fish. It's, it's uh, barbless hooks as well, which is kind of neat. The problem with, with that area, in my opinion, um, just fishing it over the years, is that sometimes people will come in there and they will poach that. Yeah, correct. There's a lot of poaching going on yeah. in the lower river right now. And so, you know, the the fish and wildlife. I'm assuming they don't have enough uh, folks there to patrol it. Is nope. that what's going yep. on? Not not enough game wardens to get on there and patrol yeah. it. Yeah, we can call. We can see people poaching. Call cow trout. Yeah. Two hours later, they'll call you. Oh, did you call us? Well, yeah, called you because you know someone's you know violating you know the lower river yeah so yeah you know it's, it's it's not a win-win for us right now down there yeah and and you know i think last year i was down there fishing it and uh it was it was getting poached pretty hard yeah, you know unfortunately yeah you see a lot of warm uh little bay buckets salmon eggs yeah. along the river and things like that yeah so for those that don't know that are listening to the podcast that um what what's the importance of uh, an area like that for catch and release? You know why why make it catch and release, and why why don't they just make it so that you could come in there and fish with worms and salmon eggs and stuff like that? You know what's the what's the benefit of of having it as a catch and release? Catch and release, think? I I think personally, me and my opinion is it's for the next person to come in and catch fish. So if I catch a nice fish, I'll let it go, and then. I can have my buddy come in and try to catch the same fish. But if someone mm-hmm. comes in and takes it, you know, it they're they're stealing from us. That's the way yeah. I look at it though. Yeah. yeah. So you could say that somebody that catches a fish and then takes a picture of a of the fish and then puts it back is being kind of, you know It's good stewardship. Yeah. Good stewardship like, for oh, the river. I mean, you know, that fish is over twenty inches yeah it's probably got some good steaks on it exactly you know exactly but imagine this you guys if you're if you're listening to the podcast like if you put that fish back right and then you take a kid down there and they catch that fish and they take a picture of it can you imagine the stoke on that kid's face after he catches a fish like that because you put that fish back exactly exactly that's one thing you know with my grandson that i'm teaching him is catch and release yeah you know take a picture of it put it back so then someone else can come in and and enjoy the same thing that you just enjoyed right now Mm -hmm. yeah so if somebody catches a fish like that what's the best way to make sure that that it survives hell i that that's a hard one for me you know because everybody has their own way of doing you know releasing their fish and things like that you know Uh first thing i do is wet my hands yeah so then we don't take any of this slime off Try not to use a net if you can, but, you uh-huh. know, most of us do. Right. And then, you know, try not to hold it out of the water no more than five seconds. That's that's a rule that I, you know, that we like to do is take a picture, put it back in, take another picture, put it back in the water, and then release it. Try to revive it. Make sure it's healthy when we let it go back in. I think the, I think one of the most important things is, you know, with, with trout is so they can breathe, you know. Exactly. You know, with bass, you know, you can hold them out of the water. <laughs> You know, hey, look at this thing, and then put them back in the water, and they'll flip you off as they swim exactly. off. Exactly, you know? they'll, <laughs> they'll splash you with the tail. But yeah. you know, with with uh, you know trout, they're a little bit more a little uh, more delicate. Yeah, they're, they're the delicate flower. Yeah. yeah, and so you got. I think what's really important when you when you handle a fish is to make sure that uh, you know they're breathing and they're in the water, and that you don't hold them by the gills. Yes, yeah. right, and That's put your true. finger in there like. 
um, through their gills and that sort of thing. Or, you know how uh, people hold a bass, you know, they, they will hold a bass by the, the jaw and hold it like that. You know, that's okay with, with uh, bass, but with trout, that's not a really great thing yeah, to do because it'll break their jaw. Break their jaw, exactly. <laughs> that's why I say, yeah, they're like the delicate flower of the water. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. So, you guys, you know, check that out sometime, you know, make sure to, um, I guess the flows are pretty yeah, insane. Yeah, you know, shit, the way they are in the current right now, it's the same thing that's on the lower river right now. Any yeah. trout that were in there are not. <laughs> exactly. If they were there, they're all the way down to Tillery Lake right now. So yeah. the the flows the flows on the kings are pretty insane too, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. What it's, What do you think they are right now? Like, are they about? Are they in the about, ten thousand? About about twenty on the upper kings. They're about twenty two thousand oh right now. Oh my god! Yeah, and then That's on insane, the, right? On the lower right now, I think the max they can do, I think it's maybe pushing thirteen. But yeah, and a lot of that water, you know, runs. It has to run somewhere. Yeah. And you know, there look at Tulare Lake right now. That's been lake has been dry for how long? Yeah, that's what, insane, huh? 30, 40, 50 years? Yeah, yeah. Or even longer than that. And now, shit, it's, it's a lake where you can put a boat in it now. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, look at all the waters, all, all the creeks that feed into it. Yeah. You know, yeah. The lower Kern is the biggest I've ever seen it. You know, it washed out the road. For those that don't know, the 178 is closed right now. Um, going up from Bakersfield into Lake Isabella is got washed out, man by the river by the river the road is like um got undercut by the water and the river the road is jacked up yeah yeah so um i mean that's how much water and i guess from what i understand lake isabella is getting ready to spill which is the insane to think about but the the lake is getting so full that it's going to go over the spillway and go into the lower current which is going to create even more more havoc yeah down havoc below, down yeah. on the lower current so i don't know how long that's going to take for that road to get repaired so you can go up from Bakersfield through into Kernville, yeah. That's gonna that's crazy to yeah, think it, about. It's, yeah. it's gonna hurt a lot of the business up there right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, Freddie, thanks for being on my podcast, oh, thank buddy. You, but hey, you know what? Shit. Anytime we get together, it's always fun. It's always good to see a good friend. Yeah, man. And I appreciate your friendship, man, and, and I really appreciate you and your giving and all the things that you do for everybody, no. the clubs, uh Project Healing Waters, all that stuff, man. I really well, appreciate it, it, everything. It, you know, it's it's so funny, you know, before we go is that, you know, I like giving people a lot of shit. <laughs> and, you know, if I give you shit means I like you. It means That's I right. love you. That's right. And if you don't if you don't hear anything from me, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're not my friend. But yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. But no, it no, it, it's good. And I shit, I I hope you and I get to fish some more. Yeah. Um, I know we will. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. No, thank you, bud. Thank All right, you. buddy. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. This is the Guy Jeans Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. It's a Guy Jeans Podcast. <laughs>